it's time for Sales with Sully. Your host, Scott Sullivan, brings his 30 years of sales and marketing experience to you, the sales professional, addressing your questions from Twitter to help you be better at reaching your goals. This is a weekly show that happens right here on InspiredNewsRadio.com. And now your host, Scott Sullivan. Well, here it is again, another great day at Inspired News Radio. Hi, I'm Scott Sullivan, and I am your host of Sales with Sully. Every single week, I take your questions and your comments off of Twitter and other social media platforms, and we address those right here on Sales with Sully every single week. And this week is no exception. I have gotten a barrage of questions about closing, about closing the sale, about tying it up in a nice little bow and handing it off, getting the purchase order, all of the things probably the number one comment or question that i get on social media is getting that skill set or learning how to close the business so today's episode is the art of the close knowing when and how to ask for the business that is what we're going to be talking about today on this episode of sales with sully Thanks for tuning in, and I really appreciate all of my listeners out there that put out the effort and take the time to send me direct messages on Twitter, at Sales with Sully, on Facebook, at Sales with Sully, and now on Instagram, at Sales with Sully. You can find me just about everywhere, including LinkedIn. Send me a message and let me know what the question is that you want to know about sales and marketing, and I will do my best to get you a good, positive answer and send it out there into the ethers for you so that we can all be better sales professionals. That's what this goal of this podcast is. Every single week, we try and make you a better sales professional after listening to it, and we try and give you real-world ideas, advice, and hints that you can take away today, implement into your sales process, and actually make you a better sales professional every single day with every single episode. So here we are today talking about the close. Now there are a variety of closes, and I want to first elevate all the way to the very highest level. The very highest level of the close, of being able to actually get somebody to give you their hard-earned money or their time or whatever happens to be at the close, is the culmination of what I call the Gipper, you know, lead generation, planning, preparation is the is the first P, presentation, doing the paperwork, and then giving a stellar red envelope experience. The G-I-P-P-I-R, Gipper, kind of puts it into the format of a lot of planning, a lot of effort, a lot of things go into the sales presentation and the planning ever before long 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 before you ever get to those those infamous words is you want to buy one of these (laughs) so so obviously don't use that as your clothes but long before you get to the clothes there's a lot of planning and preparation that goes into that but we're going to just kind of skip over all of that and jump right to the clothes we're going to make some assumptions that you have built a relationship you have rapport with your client you know who the influencers are you have gone out and you've overcome all of the objections around uh, what you believe to be the decision maker you have presented in a way that was exactly what the customer wanted in a format that was uh, a 
easily for uh, the customer to absorb and internalize. And if you have done all of those steps, the only thing left to do is to literally ask for the business. The close is nothing more than asking for the order, asking for the business. Whether you're closing on you know, a multi-million dollar home, whether you're closing on a $20 set of Ginsu knives, it doesn't matter. You still have to ask for the business. In most cases, that the customer is not going to buy unless you actually ask for the business. You can just talk yourself right out of it. Hey, this is great. This You should have these. You just keep selling and keep selling and keep selling till finally the client just says, all right, I'm good. Thanks. I'll see you later. And then they just walk away. And then you look at, you scratch your head and you look back and you go, what the heck did happened? You know, I gave them a great presentation and I did everything they needed and I answered all of their questions. And I mean, we were here for an hour for a $20 set of steak knives. So I, they, there's no way they should have not bought. I don't understand. Well, you probably talked yourself right out of that sale because you didn't ask for the business. The close is sort of like what I like to talk about, and this is the way I describe it. The close is punctuation. The presentation is the sentence. And then you can break the sentence structure down. You can say we have verbs and adverbs and nouns and you know adjectives and all those other things as part of the sales presentation. But the close becomes the punctuation. Do you want a, you know, there are thousands of different types of closes, but when you ask for the business, you're basically putting a punctuation mark at the end of the sentence. So, Mr. Smith, I think we've uh, done a really good job. I'm summarizing everything. I think we've done a really good job of answering all your questions. We've talked about the value proposition. You've agreed that this is going to fit well into your lifestyle, and it looks like everything is fine as far as the budget is concerned. So the only thing left here to do now is just decide, do you want me to deliver that on Tuesday, or would you rather have it on Wednesday afternoon? What works best for you? And then wait. You see, simply asking one of two things is going to happen. They're going to say, you're right, let's have that delivered on Wednesday. It's going to work fine. Or they're going to say, well, I'm not sure, which means you have to go back into your sales presentation and answer and overcome that objection that's about to come out. So should you just close once? No, of course not. There's a very famous Glengarry Glen Ross scene out of, uh, if you're a sales professional, chances are you've seen Alec Baldwin in the Glengarry Glen Ross movie, and he says, A, B, C, always B, closing. A, always B, B, C, closing. Always B, closing. The A, B, Cs of selling. Now, there is some truth to that. You also uh, don't want to close too hard and too often because you can derail the sales presentation. But you do want to make sure that you're watching and listening for buying signals. If your client is nodding their head up and down and they're agreeing with you and they ask a buying type of question, well, you know, could I get that in blue? That's a very, very strong buying signal that a lot of salespeople forget. What they do is they answer the question, of course you can get it in blue. And then they keep on going with their presentation. How about this? Now, again, this is going to sound a little salesy, and it sometimes it feels a little uncomfortable when we say it. And we have to learn how to put it into our vernacular so that we can add it into our presentation. 
Can I get that in blue? Well, I think I can. If I could get that in blue for you, would you be willing to get, take uh, or place the order today so that I could get it to you on Tuesday? So what I've done is I've taken a buying question and I've turned it around and I have put it into the form of a close. I think we can get it in blue. If I can, would you be willing to place that order today? So what I'm asking is, is how serious are you about the color blue? Will Would that be the tipping point that would push you over? You don't like whatever color it's in now, but if I can get it for you in the color you like, would you be willing to buy immediately? So in car sales, and I know car sales, when we talk about car sales, there's a lot of stereotypes about used car salesmen and, you know, the fast talking and, you know, just the, a lot of things that, you know, have a little bit of a misnomer and a little bit of a bad reputation when it comes to, you know, car sales. But we're going to pick on them just for a second. In car sales, if you're sitting there and you're looking, let's say you're the consumer and you're ready to buy and you think, okay, this is a pretty good deal and I've got a good pricing and I've got everything that I need and you're about to sign the paperwork on, let's say an average $50,000 car and you have the pen in your hand and the paperwork is all laid out in front of you and all you have to do is sign and take ownership of a you know beautiful new car and you get ready to push that pen to the paper and press hard because you're you know signing your name in triplicate then if you were to say to the salesman sitting across the table hmm you know uh i really liked those upgraded floor mats uh can we throw those upgraded floor mats in now remember what you just did you actually turn that around on the salesperson and you actually added a close because what is going to happen is i and i have done this many times is i wanted to see just how much i could get away with before the salesperson took that as a buying option and and actually closed me again because what the salesperson is thinking okay 28 dollars worth of floor mats for a fifty thousand dollar car if i have to pay for them out of my own commission you know i'm going to make five hundred dollars on this I'll pay for $28 worth of <laughs> worth of floor mats so I can make my quota this month no problem he's gonna say sure absolutely and you start to lean down like you're gonna sign the paperwork again and you stop just before your pen touches the paper and you go you know one of the things too that we talked about is I'd really like to get my car washed you have an automatic car wash here uh, could I get my car washed you know at least once a week for the first five years and then you're thinking okay uh, the salesperson's going okay car wash let's see they don't charge anything for service we wash every car okay sure no problem we'll get your car washed for you every week we'll just give you a punch card okay great and you start and you you see where I'm going with this and we're doing it over and over and over again because I just keep asking for more and more and more things I've got a $50,000 sale I'm about to to agree to and I'm now nickel and diming that salesperson to death how about free oil changes oh how about that underbody protection that we talked about it was only two hundred dollars you you know you can throw that in can't you because I'm standing here poised ready to sign and not once did the salesperson then go which is what he should have said or she should have said uh, when I asked about the floor mats hmm 
you know, I think we can get you uh, those upgraded floor mats. With the upgraded floor mats, would that be the last thing that we would need to talk about then today in order for you to have this $50,000 new car and have this, uh, you know, deliver or take possession of that today? So agree to, yes, I can get you the upgraded floor mats, but then tie it back up and put it into a close. You see, Closing happens many, many, many times during the course of a sales transaction. You may want to do a little test close. You may want to throw out something like, you know, we can get that for you delivered uh, this Friday with no money down and six months same as cash. Wait for a moment. Well, you know, I'm just not sure yet Then it gives you a perfect opportunity to come back in and ask another open-ended question and continue on with objection overcoming. Well, what aren't you sure about? Because, you know, we covered the, the comfort, we covered the cost, we covered the price, we covered the delivery, we covered. So, so what is it that you're, that you're not um, that you know that you're not sure about and then give them a multiple choice even because what you want to do is you want to find out what their objection is 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 their objection actually price and they're just hiding it uh, underneath something else right so I really can't afford $600 a month uh, payment on this car but I don't want to tell the sales guy this I have good credit but boy $600 a month is just gonna pinch my budget like crazy I would probably do it for 500 but I'm sure as heck not gonna tell him that so I'm gonna hide it under well you know it only gets 13 miles to a gallon maybe I need something with a little bit more fuel efficiency and then he, the salesperson is going oh no here we go again I got to start all over with another make another model another brand another color oh my gosh I got to start this whole process over again when the, in reality all I needed you to do was listen to what I have to say and probe a little bit around the question and what it is and then come back with a $500 a month payment extend the payment terms just another five or six months maybe and the next thing you know we've got a deal and we're moving forward because the perception is that the $650 was going to pinch my monthly budget just a little bit more than I wanted it to I wanted to be a little more comfortable I'm a little bit more conservative but see during the rapport building and the presentation and all the questions that we've been asking and the conversation we've been having back and forth about what type of car are you looking for and I should have picked up on the fact that this is a conservative buyer and that there was you know they had adequate credit to be able to handle that but that there I should have honed in on the payment and said so is that $650 payment going to work for you? Because, you know, we have other options there. Is that, would you rather, would you rather pay it off faster and have a little larger payment? Or were, were you thinking it may be a little smaller payment and being able to uh, not pinch your budget as much? That question would have opened up that trial close, that whatever you want to call it as far as closing is concerned, would have brought that customer out and brought out that objection and you could have overcome it. Now, we're gonna talk about just regular, everyday, ordinary types of closes. I suggest that you become a student of closing and I suggest that you find five or six that are just absolutely comfortable and fit right into your, your skill set and keep them like arrows in a quiver and you can pull them out any time. The alternate choice clothes, would you like to have that in red or blue? The alternate choice clothes could be, do you, can, we can deliver that on Tuesday, would that work for you or would Wednesday? The assumption close, well, just sign right here and we'll just bring that over to you on Thursday. So just assuming the sale. 
Another thing that you need to do is to start working on your vernacular. What are the things that you're going to say to the customer? Like one of the things I teach all the time to my students is instead of saying, you know, uh, so what do you think about that? Or op an open-ended question, make the assumption and say, well, that'll work for you. I know, won't it? Or I know that'll work for you. Now I know that'll work for you. Or those types of closes then say to the customer, uh, you and I have worked through this whole process. I understand you. I know you. You trust me. You know me. You like me. You trust me. And I have made a deal for you. And I've got this put together. And I've now presented to you with a closing option. And I've made the assumption because I know you. That'll work for you, won't it? So now I know that'll work for you. So should we get started on Tuesday or should we do that on Wednesday? I know that'll work for you. So those are the types of closes that you should have as arrows in your quiver. There are things called like the puppy dog close in the 50s and 60s um, when televisions were just first coming out. Televisions were very, very expensive. They were a very large chunk of the family income in order to have a television. Now you remember we're moving from the radio phase into television. So uh, a television was a big purchase and a big piece of uh, furniture. The same same as technology changed with you know washers and dryers and all types of appliances dishwashers things like that that were large purchases that usually required some type of financing and they were a, a very large percentage of the family income so we have a thing called the puppy dog clothes and the puppy dog clothes was if i can get you to to let me deliver it and put it into your house then the chances of getting it out taking it out of the house would be absolutely nil because once i get a television in your home turned on and the entire family is you know now addicted and you're all sitting in the living room on TV trays, you know, watching, uh, you know, the Ed Sullivan show and eating frozen, you know, TV dinners on a TV tray in front of the television and then have somebody call up and say, well, your trial, your free trial is over. Uh, we're going to come over and pick up that that uh, television tomorrow at three o'clock. Uh, the wife and the kids are saying, you know, over my dead body, are you taking our television? You know, we're going to figure that out. We'll go without a car before we'll go without a television. That's the puppy dog clothes because I've got to get it into your house and get it assimilated. Think of it as a puppy dog. You take a puppy home and, you know, to your kids and you say, okay, guys, we're just keeping this puppy overnight because tomorrow I've got to take him to the pound. Yeah, right. Like you're going to be able to dig that puppy after uh, keeping their having them there with your kids one night that's why it's called the puppy dog clothes and today we've seen versions of that just about everywhere right i mean everywhere you go online 14 day free trial try here do this uh sign up now and get this free thing and download this and try it for you know 30 days and just put in your credit card and at the end of 30 days if you haven't canceled we'll just bill you an easy 16 dollars a month for the rest of your life those are all just forms of or versions of different types of closes that have happened over the years you know the alternate 
choice clothes, the uh, assumption clothes. Well, of course you want this. You know that we you showed up. You're here. You of course you want this. So you uh, you walked into my store. You obviously want to buy something. Uh, you let me in your house. You let me demonstrate this new uh, fangled vacuum cleaner. Of course you want one. You know you wouldn't have given me an hour of your time if you didn't want one. If you didn't need it. And then there's also the creation, the need creation clothes where you didn't know how much better your life was going to be until I brought this piece of technology into your life. And once I did, now, of course, you can't live without it. So those are all just variations of things that have happened over the years and the type of closes that we've done. It basically boils down to, and the same thing we've talked about many, many times on Sales with Sully, and that is that you have to have a rapport built with the person. You have People like to buy from people they know, like, and trust. They don't like to be sold. They don't like to be high pressured. They don't like to be put into the, well, if you act right now and you just do it right this minute, I'm gonna give you an extra $15, but wait, there's more. You know, those types of sales techniques are, have, are slowly kind of faded away. Now, there are still some late night infomercials that, you know, suck you in at you know on the 30 minute uh infomercial that says you know let me show you what the product is then let me show you a bunch of testimonials and then let me give you this crazy insane offer and give you a second one for free and just pay shipping and handling for the second one and then let me give you this free cookbook and all these accessories and all the other things that go along with that and we'll do all of that for just five easy payments of 59.99 on your credit card call now but wait (laughs) so those types of sales presentations with that type of high energy close you know i'm going to say thank goodness i'm not going to i think there was a time and a place for those and we needed them but i think most of those have faded away and especially when you're looking at very large ticket items i think what you're looking at now in that type of realm is when you have a transactional small ticket item that I've just coaxed a $20 bill out of your pocket and I've sold you this new fandangled mop while you were walking through the home and garden show. That becomes sort of a little bit of high pressure, super tight closing. One thing I'm going to say as we wrap up today, I'm going to give you an example of probably one of the best closes that I've that I've ever seen. Uh, I experienced it myself and it was a, a great opportunity. I was at the state fair in the state of California in Sacramento. This was a few years ago, and it was uh, in the evening, so it was dark, and there was a a pop-up booth that was all well lit up, and there were five or six young men sitting there. And if you guys remember, uh, in the old days, there used to be a shoeshine booth that would be out onto the side of of the road. And you kind of get up in it, and you sit. You sit up on the chair. You put your feet up in the on these little rest pads, and then someone would shine your shoes for three or four dollars, and and get you ready for the day, or clean up your shoes, or whatever. Well, they had a kind of a reverse setup. They were sitting on a, a bench. And in front of them was a footrest. And you would come up and you would they had a sneaker cleaning business. And they would basically say, put your foot up here and let me clean your sneaker and show you. Now you gotta remember, this is a dusty kind of environment. Uh, there's gravel, there are booths and vendors. The It's at the state fair, so there's a lot of 
Uh, it's hot in the summer and there's a lot of dry dirt and dust. So your sneakers have probably gotten a little dusty and dirty anyway. You put your foot up there on the, um, uh, on, the, on the footrest and this young man just goes to town and tells you all about what he's doing. So this is a patented product. It does this and this and this and here's a spray foam and he cleans it up and he brushes it and it can be waterless or you can use it just a touch of water and he sprays it with a spray bottle and he cleans it up and he says, now look at, those, look at the comparison between the two. You're now looking down at your shoes. The left one that he just cleaned is perfect, pristine, spotless clean and probably bright white. And the one on the right is dusty and dingy and dirty. And even if it was a brand new shoe and you just put it on tonight, it's still going to be different because you've been walking around in the dust and the dirt. So there's an automatic, uh, you know, discrepancy between the two. And he said, and he says, so because there's a big sign that says free shoe cleaning, right? So you're thinking, okay, I'm going to get my other shoe clean. So you get ready to put your foot up there, and he goes, oh, no, no, we only clean one of them. If you'd like to have the other one cleaned, it's $4. But you can buy the entire kit and everything else for only $9.99, and we'll clean that second shoe for you for free right now, included in the $9.99 price. So I can pay $4 to get the second shoe cleaned, or I can pay $5 more, or $6 more actually, and I can get the kit and get my second shoe cleaned for free. Well, guess what everybody's doing? So I started looking around and everybody had one of these little bags that had the shoe cleaner and the brush and the spray cleaner and everything else, this little bag that was a mesh bag that they were selling, and they were selling thousands of them. So the clothes was quite simple. You get one for free, and if you want the other one, you're gonna get you're gonna have to pay for it. It's like getting a half a deck of cards for free, and the other half, if you want the full deck of cards, the other half is gonna cost you two dollars and ninety nine cents, which is the same price as a as a deck of cards. So I have to tell you, as I was absolutely just you know blown away i thought it was a fantastic uh close it was a great offer great sales presentation and i got to know the owner of the company very well and he and i are still friends today so there are all types of different closes so like glenn gary glenn ross i'm going to say abc always be closing and until next time this is sales with sully saying get out there and close some sales now that you know how find a few of those favorite closes Put them in your, put those like arrows in your quiver and use them all the time. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate you tuning in to all of my listeners. You can reach me at Sales with Sully right here on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anytime. Send me your uh, comments, your questions. We'll answer them right here on the air every single week on Inspired News Radio. So until next time, go sell something and remember, always ask for the business. You've been listening to Sales with Sully on InspiredNewsRadio.com. We take your sales and marketing questions each week on Twitter at Sales with Sully, hashtag INR, and like us on Facebook. On behalf of your host, Scott Sullivan, and the entire Sales with Sully team, thanks for listening, and see you next week.